Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Market Impact Insights. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy as we all navigate through the coronavirus crisis. And today, we're going to be talking about digital and software solutions to some of the world's toughest industrial challenges. And think of this really as the backbone that is really providing support to all of us. And I can't wait to jump in and learn more from Pat Byrne, who is the Chief Executive Officer of GE Digital. GE Digital is a multi-million billion dollar business that was born from General Electric, and that's an iconic 128-year-old brand. And you may not think of GE as being in the software business, but in fact, a lot of innovation uh, driven around digital and software solutions that we're going to be talking with Pat about today. And just a reminder to everyone, this podcast is driven by the philosophy that in business, it's all about making a positive impact every day. And I want to encourage all of you, if you're enjoying this podcast, we're nearing our 30th episode, to please go out and rate and review. Uh, We've made it easy to find us on Spotify, but on Apple Podcasts, very easy. Take a few minutes, go out, rate and review. Really appreciate the feedback. So before jumping in with Pat, I want to give you a little bit of background. Pat has quite an impressive leadership uh, career. Uh, As I said, he's the chief executive officer of GE Digital, assuming that role back in 2019. But prior to that, Pat uh, was part of Fortive, where he was the vice president of strategy and chief technology officer for the Danaher test and measurement segment uh, as well prior to Fortive. And also, before that, was president of Tektronix, a leading worldwide provider of measurement solutions. Before Tektronix, he was also president and CEO of Intermec Technologies and actually worked in uh, the Intermec organization under Pat's leadership. So uh, we go back uh, quite a ways. And then prior to that, uh, spent many, many years at Hewlett Packard in various leadership roles in R&D, technology development, marketing quality and general management. So Pat has a a very diversified background. And Pat, I know it's been a couple of years since we connected and really excited to uh, come back together with you. Welcome to Market Impact Insights. Well, thanks, Dan. It's uh, it's great to be here. It's great to get reconnected. Great. Well, um, before jumping in and learning a little more about the innovation that you're driving at GE Digital, really wanted to dive in a little bit on more of a personal note, because you, at, at, in your heart, are really an engineer. You've got a master's uh, in electrical engineering from Stanford. So obviously, an area of passion for you. And I, I'd just like to get your perspective. I'm um, thinking about the beginning of your career. And then as you've moved along, you were classically trained as an engineer. What have you taken from that engineering experience that you think has served you well as you've evolved into these broader leadership roles? Well, Dan, I think... Um it's been quite a journey. When I started in after after getting out of university and getting started, I really never thought I would really be in management so much. I wanted I was on really on a technical track, but pretty quickly during that journey, I really got excited about 
working on teams and being part of a team dynamic that got that got work done, especially highly innovative work that solved important customer problems. So I just got became very compelled by applying technology to real world customer problems that that and seeing the the impact you can make with technology and with teams. And uh, that that was uh, many of the first years uh, that I worked uh, was uh, really shaped by that set of passions. And then over time, that just evolved. And, you know, a lot of that is what engineers do. Engineers take technology and solve real problems. Yeah, it is really around the the problem solving and probably uh, taking more of an analytical type approach to really understanding the problem before jumping in and trying to race to a solution. Yeah, that's right. The you know, if I think about um, all the engineering courses I took, of course, one of the main things that's that was good in that training was structured problem solving, um, trying to break problems down, look at them analytically, um, uh, be focused very much on the data that's available, the data that's missing, developing hypotheses that can be tested in the scientific method, and so um, that was um, that was a great set of foundations that allowed me to, that uh, that really served me all these years, keep falling back to those. Right. Well, we're certainly in a world right now that is not lacking for problems and challenges. And you mentioned teams earlier, and uh, that's a great segue because in really learning about GE Digital, uh, the company really describes itself as being driven by people, process, and proven technology. Pat, can you break that down a little bit more from your CEO perspective what does that really mean to GE Digital's culture and success? Yeah, so the um, it starts with the customer here. Um, if you look at what our customers are trying to do, they're trying to apply software and digital technologies data to have an impact on how they operate their business. And and of course, we're focused on industrial customers where the um, where they have embedded operations that have. Um, uh, sophisticated, complicated, many times legacy-based systems distributed over many locations. And so as we uh, look to try to help them do that digital transformation, it really is this combination of, of uh, people and technologies. The people are very important that we've got. In fact, it's the talent and, that we bring to um, this problem set our customers have is tremendous. We have deep domain expertise, so we're, we're really able to understand it with our teams. We're a big industrial company. We know a lot about industrial processes, industrial data, industrial machinery. So we bring that, that uh, deep domain expertise. We show up at customer sites, and we know what it's like to operate in these environments. We have a lot of expertise there. And then, of course, we bring technology to that, to that problem. Because if you're going to scale the solution, if you're going to make it sustainable, if you're really going to be generating unique, compelling insights that drive better decisions and save costs, improve revenue for your customer, allow them to serve their customers better, that's going to really require advanced technology to do that. So that combination of how the teams engage, understand the problems, and then leverage um, um, uh, scale software solutions and then the last piece about this, just to mention, is these uh, these embedded solutions that we develop and deliver for our customers last years and years and decades, and the relationships are long-term. And so our ability to really uh, uh, 
get that in place and prove business value and drive business outcomes and continue to enable business outcomes over a long period of time is a key part of that long-term relationship. Again, a key thing dependent on people and scalable, uh, scalable technology. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I know throughout your career, you've had this major role in bringing innovation to supply chains and manufacturing businesses. And you know, as we said earlier with GE Digital, your customers are facing some of the world's toughest industrial challenges. And GE Digital is on record as saying that its primary purpose is transforming how industry solves those challenges by putting data to work. So, Pat, what do you see as some of the biggest opportunities for putting data to work and delivering continuing innovation, supporting remote work at industrial scale? That's something that is uh, on everyone's minds right now in terms of the virtual nature of workforces. Uh, how do you keep that passion for innovation alive and and do things like IoT come into play? What what really is driving that right now for you? Well, Dan, it's um, this is a very exciting area, and we're really still in the early chapters of transforming industries with digital technologies. You know, for all of us, we're used to digital technologies in our daily lives, our cell phones in our pockets, our internet connections, uh, um, on-demand video, all those things that are now just part of everyday life. And in fact, right now, because of all the remote work, video conferencing is now a part of millions more people's lives than it was even a few months ago. That uh, the transformation of uh, industrial work through digital technologies is a is very much still an evolving business. That's why it's so exciting. Let me just use a, a few examples. If you're in the if you're operating um, uh, an electric grid, one of the most sophisticated, complicated machines in the world that man has ever created, one of the key things that you're facing in that world, one of the key problems you're facing, is how to orchestrate. Renewables. Renewables now are coming online more and more. And those renewables are in the distribution network. Uh, and, uh, and so now what it is, is instead of just pushing power onto the grid, you know, in a very monolithic, consistent way, um, you are now orchestrating um, a renewables landscape. Much more complicated problem. Um, very important problem as the, as the renewables become a larger and larger portion. Uh, in power generation, you have the same uh, key challenge as, as what used to be. You'd put in a base load of power generation. Well, now that power generation is going to move as the, uh, as renewables come on and off the grid on a real time basis. In manufacturing, you've now got, and this has uh, really become clear during the COVID crisis, which is uh, all the changes that have to happen in manufacturing in a very dynamic environment where both the supply and demand is shifting. So if you think about it, if you're a manufacturer now, your suppliers could be under strain. And as a result, how do you get that demand signal to them and how do you manage that supply chain? But then also out at the customers, the demand, the demand patterns are changing. What used to be a, um, a, high, a high performance sales channel for consumer packaged goods perhaps is shifting now. And so all these uh, very sophisticated uh, problems really are places where there's a compelling opportunity for innovation. And, uh, um, and that's really what we're engaged in. We're engaged with our people. We're engaged with our technology and able to do that. Maybe one other example, there is storm readiness. Um, we now have years of data of, uh, say, in, 
in the places in the U.S. where uh, hurricanes can, can hit. And so now what we can do is we can analyze that data, that weather data, as well as the impact on the grid. And we can actually help prepare um, utilities for storms so that now we have predictive analytics, helps them understand where to put their resources, where they might have risk. This kind of technology is very exciting, makes a real difference to real people's lives um, every day. Um, but to deliver it is, is highly innovative work. And that's what I'm so proud of. In each of those things I've just mentioned, places where we're able to make a big contribution um, to a real problem that that uh, that all of us see in one shape or another in our daily lives. Well, Pat, those are some really interesting examples and vivid e- examples. And obviously, what that implies to to really be driving that that kind of breakthrough uh, in some of these uh, advanced areas. That means it's really around strategic investment just from a continuous research and development, because it, it seems like that would be a continuous learning loop, right? Where you're, you're applying, uh, you're innovating, going out, you're assessing, you're kind of looking at impact, and then you're reinvesting in, into more innovation. Is it, do you see it that way? Kind of a continuous uh, reinvestment? Yeah, that's, right. that's right, Dan. So it's, um, you know, it starts with being very focused on a set of customers. So we've, we've, uh, we pivoted our organization late last year towards being a more, industry-focused, customer workflow-oriented business where we really want to be deep in our customers, um, the way our customers' business processes work. So to do that, we focused on a set of key marketplaces. So that's the first step we do, which is let's pick the segments where we think we can make a real contribution. Then the second one, and this is what you really just alluded to, which is deep customer immersion. Um, The best way to really understand our customers' priorities is to live with our customers, to understand what really drives their metrics, what works in their organization, what are some of the challenges that they have, what are the places where they're, they're, uh, they're really looking to get a breakthrough in results. And so that is a, it's not only a technology immersion, it's really understanding our customers' business priorities and uh, their business processes their initiatives and engaging on those to understand where are the opportunities we could make a difference. As soon as now we've got that level of immersion, now we start to do the work of, of uh, driving that innovation with, um, with, with uh, technology on specific projects. And this is the idea of being able to do rapid experimentation. How can we quickly engage with customers Maybe not do a perfect solution, but do something that proves a concept that allows a customer to understand um, what difference our teams and technologies could do to drive that business outcome. And invariably, once you're engaged in that kind of innovation process with customers, some adjustment is made. Either their priorities slightly shift or, or, uh, or uh, ideas and, and um, concepts start to emerge as being very compelling and so that allows a level of resilience and flexibility and mobility in the innovation and speed then and, and agility becomes a key part of innovation. As, you, as you've done that immersion, you start to do that rapid experimentation. Now agility and working closely with customers becomes a source of competitive advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, Pat, having worked with you before, how important it is for you to spend quality time with customers. And I'm wondering uh, just 
over time, having spent so much time in the direct interaction with customers, has that changed at all? How have you been influenced by that? And, and do you have any other thoughts on what makes for great technology partnerships with customers? Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time with customers and really I've dedicated my career um, and dedicated my profession and my professional um, aspirations to being um, to being close to customers. I'm, I'm very inspired close to customers about what their um, the challenges they've got. It's always great to get direct feedback from customers about what we're doing well and where we need to improve. The um, and so uh, in that engagement, uh, you really discover what's important to customers, and and uh, and and try to live in in the context of their priorities and how what we do fits within what they're trying to do, and frankly, sometimes what they're still uh, seeking to do, even though they don't know how to, and so developing that relationship over a long period of time so that there's a, there's a, an iteration to it. And it, and, a, and, it, and over time, what happens is uh, you see them multiple times over a long period of time, that relationship builds to the point of trust and transparency. And, uh, and from that uh, mutual investment and commitment. And so this, if I think about the places where I've been, with teams that have made the biggest contribution over a period of time, it looks like that where the, the teams get to know each other and now they're invested with each other and they're really co-innovating um, between the two teams. And that, and that collaborative innovation is, uh, is some, of the, some of the highest octane fuel there is for what great innovation looks like. Yeah, you know, in in my career working in different technology companies, I can really attest to that vibrancy, the energy that happens when you have processes that bring customers in, you know, either to uh, advisory councils or you get, you know, onto um, you know small group calls. You get into qualitative uh, kind of uh, almost focus group type discussions. There is this passion, this energy that seems to get generated just by the interaction uh, with the with the customer. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know. Um, Solving problems, real problems, and meeting commitments, and uh, and following up, and taking feedback, and and building greatness together. It's very inspirational work. It's uh, um, and and over time, what happens is the teams get to know each other, and um, and uh, a rapport builds, and a transparency builds. And I was uh, I was just on customer calls last week where we were reviewing some of our longer term investments and. It's just really clear that the GE team is closely engaged with these customers, helping them solve problems, um, overcoming barriers, um, and in fact, the customers discovering as well uh, what needs to be done. And so that partnership is um, uh, is uh, is very powerful. The other thing that happens is that is the customers start to see new possibilities, and so do we. Um, in other words, opportunities to innovate evolve and emerge over time. And it's not just about a transaction of selling a product to solve a problem, but uh, really collaborative innovation um, uh, develops and, and, uh, and continues to grow over a long period of time. It's very exciting. And it, I think it's one of the great things about being an engineer for me. What a, what a blessing this, uh, this career has been to me because, because it's a combination of technology and solving problems and 
And those problems are very real problems. And, and it's just an exciting way to spend days is uh, thinking about and delivering uh, customer value. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know one of the other tough balancing acts that all CEOs have to face is that balancing act between long-term strategy and short-term execution. So Pat, how do you approach maintaining a healthy balance in a fast-changing, dynamic, and hyper-competitive market between those two dimensions? Yeah, so th- this is, um, it's one of the funnest things, frankly. It's one of the most challenging, but funnest things. What I mean by fun is it's, it's intellectually challenging. It's challenging in the organization is how to put this together with a team. So by the way, this is not me as the smartest guy in the room. This is really the team sport of, of leading through a dynamic environment. It's very much of a collaborative work with the rest of the team. Um, it's important uh, to keep both short and long-term in focus. It's important as the CEO of the company to keep the long-term in focus because um, you don't want to end up in the spot where a series of short-term optimizations has has foreclosed on the the future you really want. So it's important to keep that in mind and to keep long-term investments to be to be even if short-term trade-offs have to get made. Um, you're making them in light of where you want to get to in the long term so that you can continue to um, continue to participate and, in fact, lead in the future. It's also important to understand how the long-term future is changing. Right now, with COVID-19 happening, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's good evidence right now that digital transformation is accelerating. Boy, everybody working from home, everybody working remotely um, in many, many industries what maybe was going to be two years from now is now upon us. And so how is that long-term future adjusting is happening in a very dynamic way. And so the key thing to do is to keep the long-term in mind while you're making the short-term decisions you got to make to meet financial commitments. And, um, and so, uh, to do that, you've really got to understand with conviction where you want to be. Because if you don't have conviction, the clarity of conviction of where you want to be 18, 24, 36 months, three, five years from now, then any option in the short term looks good. And so I'm always, I think now is the time that tests the courage and clarity of convictions when there is a dynamic environment. And, uh, and I'm very much committed to that this that this might be a time of a lot of turbulence, but springtime is coming. Um, there will be a time when when this pandemic is is past us, and vaccines are in place, and and business is more normalized. Although, as I said, I think digital transformation has been accelerated, and frankly, right now, the longer this lasts, and the longer this interim period lasts, the more that digital transformation is being accelerated. And we've got to keep flexible um, about how we think that long-term picture really looks. I think it's 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 uh, shifting right now. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about this idea of the new normal, and I think we can relate it all even to each of our personal experiences during this crisis. The the fact is, is there's really no going back. I think the the path forward there are going to be some fundamental and permanent 
changes in the way that people approach their work, in the way that people approach how they get their work done. And you're, you're spot on, Pat. And so now the key is for all, all of business and industry to um, really understand what those long-term changes are and uh, be able to adapt. That's right. I think one way of looking at this is these changes were already underway. They're now going to get accelerated. So so what was ever already underway, let's say we were two years into a five-year transition. Well, that two years has now been accelerated by a year in a month. And so that's the that's the way I think about it is where, what was already on a path of transformation and then where, um, where and how and when um, and who will be accelerating that. And, and, um, and nobody would have wished the COVID um, crisis on any of us, especially those who have suffered so much um, and those, and you know, the healthcare system that's been in, under demand, all the, all the, all of what's happening right now. The reality has been that uh, in the middle of that, these digital technologies have become even more essential to our lives, our personal lives, and to our work lives. And, and I think that's going to continue. Yeah. So, Pat, we started this discussion looking back at the beginning and the evolution of your career. Now I'd like you to think about several decades. Think about the long term. How would you like to be remembered for your tenure at GE Digital? And what kind of legacy would GE Digital ideally leave for future generations? Well, GE, GE is a tremendous company. As you mentioned at the beginning, 128 years. So um, we all are humble um, in the context of GE's decades of contributions. So um, so the way I would look at it is that this is just one of the great companies, uh, certainly in the uh, U.S. companies, but it's a global company, and that uh, it's an industrial icon. And that the the power of industrial data to enable the transformation of the industries we are in. GE is one of the most important suppliers and enablers of the global energy industry. It was so important. I mean, it's just um, it's hard to it's hard to overstate the importance of the energy market. Well, some of the examples I talked about earlier are examples where industrial data is going to make a big difference to to how that's delivered, um, how it becomes more reliable, how it becomes less expensive, how it becomes greener. And, uh, and so this, this powerful set of capabilities we have, as I said, the talent, the technology, the people, the customer relationships, the commitment to innovation and engagement, the commitment to long-term relationships. I think the, the legacy of G Digital, which is really the team, um, this great team I get the privilege of working with every day, the legacy of this team is to is to enable and participate the transformation using digital technologies of the industries that we're participating in, and um, and that'll make a that'll make a lasting contribution to um, the daily lives of of uh, uh, GE's customers uh, on the broad scale, the hundred billion dollar GE, um, and uh, and GE will be a, a key player in how software is used in the industrial world. Uh, I think that's that's really exciting. And 10 years from now, these will be things, five, 10 years from now, these will be things that we just take for granted. Um, again, as in our own personal lives, we take now digital technologies for granted um, that uh, our contributions in, in the industrial market will become part of 
everyday life and what's expected and, and gee, you'll be leading that transformation. Well, Pat, a lot to think about. Thanks again for joining today, thought-provoking discussion, and uh, really great reconnecting with you. It's great to talk with you as well, Dan, and, uh, um, and appreciate uh, being able to uh, join in on this discussion. Thanks very much. All right. And I want to remind everyone to make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.